This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Before the break, I was giving it good to New York Representative Anthony Weiner for his attacks on my buddy Clarence Thomas. Friend of the show, even better friend of the Koch brothers. As you know, I am the only host in America who has never lost an interview. I am 847 and 0, all knockouts. But Wiener may be my greatest challenge yet. He has gone toe-to-toe with many pundits before me. This is The Middle with Anthony Wiener. Unplugged. Welcome to episode 25 of The Middle Unplugged, a break in the middle of the week when we reclaim the microphone from the far left and the far right and try to carve out some time for a less shrill and less extreme and generally less angry conversation. How the heck do you characterize this week in American politics? Vladimir Lenin once said, there are decades when nothing happens and there are weeks when decades happen. Well, the bellwether in Wisconsin started us off on one hand, voters in a purple state voting on the future of their state in an election that was shocking, not so much for its result, but for the margin of the result. Also this week in the deep red state of Tennessee, two Democratic members of the legislature were expelled for essentially speaking out of order. Also this week, a governor of a red state of Texas agrees to the request of a Fox News opinion host to pardon a man convicting of killing another man before he had even been sentenced. Also this week, A judge, yes, just one judge, chosen by the Federalist Society and appointed by Donald Trump, decides that all this talk about legislating from the bench is not for him. He ordered that a drug in common use for the termination of pregnancy and approved by the FDA, what, 23 years ago, that it be banned nationwide. Oh, wait, there's more also this week. Kansas Republicans successfully overrode a governor's veto. And so now... There would be the authorization of genital inspection of children in order for kids to play sports. And this week we learned that a member of the Supreme Court took millions of dollars of trips and gifts from a conservative billionaire who, to make it even better, likes to collect Nazi memorabilia. That last one, Clarence Thomas, well, I'll get to that in a bit. Now, I wrestled with how to put this week into context. You know, I guess a lot of people who are opinion columnists and news reporters and opinion reporters, the contrast between the idea of voters coming together to push back against extremism in one hand in Wisconsin and the expression of raw power by a few against the vulnerable simply because they could on the other. And I stumbled upon Will Bunch of the Philadelphia Inquirer who called it asymmetrical warfare. I like that. I'm going to use it. Democrats in this analogy are using and fighting a conventional war and we're winning. They, we are winning. We're organizing to win elections. We're appealing to a broad coalition, a broader coalition. And that's why it's led to Democrats winning seven of the eight last presidential elections in the popular vote. And Wisconsin, again, the home of progressivism, showed that America is a nation of progress. You know, it's a state, as I talked about on the middle, my show that's every Saturday at two o'clock. They've shown that they have a full abortion ban since 1849. If you recall how it worked out now that the Supreme Court has struck down a 
federal right to abortion, as defined by the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade, it goes back to the court, to the states. A lot of states had statutes that were still on the books. This one was on the books since 1849. It was a full abortion ban. I don't think there was any exceptions. And it was, had been upheld by the court. It was three to three in that court, and they were going to choose the, the tie-breaking person. And so who did the Republicans choose as their candidate? This guy who compared affirmative action to slavery and who was, importantly, an election denialist in the state of Wisconsin. What sometimes people forget about election denial cases is that no matter how you voted in a state, there are many people who, even if they voted for the losing party, still don't like the idea of votes being thrown out in their state. So what happened is the Democrat won not by one or two points, which had been the margin of just about every election in Wisconsin going back the last 25 years, including the two presidential elections, which were both decided by less than 1%. Young people, suburban men and women, um, turned out and made an 11-point victory for the Democrats. And what was the highlight? Pictures of students near college campuses lined up around the block. And um, Democrats got 87% of the vote, for example, in the districts around the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. So now what's going to happen? Now fair maps are going to be drawn, probably adding a couple of seats for Democrats. That 19th century abortion ban is going to be overturned. But already, one of the other, one of the other things that happened, they had a couple of special elections. One of the candidates who was chosen in the special election, one of the first things that he was quoted as saying, they're talking about impeaching this judge, this tie-breaking judge, even before she has even been seated. And if you think they won't, let's look at the other side of this asymmetrical warfare. The Republicans are kind of engaging in a slow boil asymmetrical war against democracy itself. It was on display in Tennessee just because they can. A bunch of old white guys in Tennessee disenfranchise the voters of two black legislators. There's been a lot of attention paid to the two guys that were thrown out. It's really their voters who lost representation by that vote. In the same tone that echoed 1960 civil rights protests at lunch counters in Tennessee, the legislature with a supermajority threw these two fellows out and left the white woman who also engaged in protests. All of this, just so I should point out, a penalty for essentially bringing a bullhorn to the well of, Cong to the, well of the chamber. It's something you should not do. It's a violation of the rules. That sanction, however, had only been used, I think, two times in the last century. You've heard these stories now. And I say you've heard these stories because these two anonymous Democratic legislators are now virtual household names. No Justin, no peace. But it's not just there. Because they can, a group of pro-life organizations, not an actual human being and not an actual woman, mind you, went venue shopping and brought a case in Amarillo, Texas, to roll back the rights of half the population of the country and undo the will of the people as expressed through the creation of the Food and Drug Administration. This Judge Kaczmarek sits in what's called a single judge division. So it's not like in some places where you spin the wheel and at random your a judge is chosen. Anyone who brings something in Amarillo, Texas gets this judge. And so a group of anti-abortion groups who don't operate or reside in Amarillo got together, formed a consortium, incorporated in Amarillo, and then walked into court with this case. Now, forum shopping, which is what they call this, is not a new thing. But this was next level brash. And why did they think they'd get away with it? Well, they know that the normal breaks in the system have been turned off. Uh, have you met the Supreme Court recently? By the way, the reasoning of the, de of the decision, I mean, it's, it's not worth reading. I would not bother reading it. But was that the FDA didn't consider the psychological effects of women on having an abortion. That's, they didn't study that. Not this year. They didn't study it 23 years ago. And if you hadn't heard that this case was bubbling up, that might be because the judge admonished the lawyers not to publicize the hearing, citing concerns about a circus-like atmosphere. So 
that happened in Texas, but there's more in Texas. In another example of this kind of doing it just because you can, Greg Abbott announced he was going to pardon Daniel Perry. Now, normally I'm sympathetic to the use of executive power to show compassion. But in this case, Governor Abbott, a Republican, was only showing that he was trying to get more likes on social media and was hoping to get invited back on more programs on Fox News. And in case you missed it, a guy speeds his car through a red light into a crowd of BLM protesters back in 2020, then kills one of them who approached the car with an AR-15. This is an open carry state. You can do that. There's a two-week trial. There's dozens of witnesses, a bunch of forensic evidence, and also some evidence of the state of the mind of the driver. The guy was found guilty. He posted on Facebook, I'm going to kill a few people on my way to work. They are rioting outside my apartment complex. And someone responds back, quote, can you legally do so? And he responds, if they attack me or try to pull me out of my car, then yes. Now, I read about this trial because it wasn't televised. You know who also didn't see the trial? Governor Abbott. He didn't attend one day. But this guy, Rittenhouse and Tucker Carlson, invited him to come on the show. And that's all it took for him to announce that I'm ready to pardon him. Although I want to remind you again, he has not even been sentenced. But that wasn't even the end of the crazy this week. In Kansas, it was a Republican legislature, again, because they have a veto-proof majority, so they can do it, um, was sung, so gung-ho to deny the rights of trans people that apparently they also want to take away the basic rights of every other kid that's in their way. A law was passed and then vetoed that because of the super-duper Republican majority, the Kansas legislature overrode the veto of a bill with language saying that boys can't play in girls' sports and vice versa, essentially. The problem is, how do they decide or check if someone is a boy or a girl? Instead of deciding these thorny issues that, like I said, are like the very meat of the whole controversy about gender, they left the door open to the possible need for, as I quote, medical examination. But they also say that if a doctor wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be required if the school came up with another way to do these certifications. There is no language or intent, it was said, for genitalia inspection, said the Speaker of the House. The only problem is they didn't tell anyone how they're supposed to make sure that someone is a boy or someone is a girl. So there you go. And in the case of my pal, conflicted Clarence Thomas, okay, he didn't do much this week per se. Much of what we found out about not reporting gifts, taking trips with, with a billionaire person that probably he should have been reporting these things. I mean, this gets back, as you heard that clip at the top, was from 2011. And I was calling out the idea that his wife was taking money as a business from people who were trying, who were doing business essentially in front of the Supreme Court, who were advocating overturn the health care law, for example. And I made the argument that that's the kind of conflict when you're getting income in your household that you should conflict yourself. You should say that I've got a conflict and I can't rule on this case. He refused to do it. But I kind of saw this coming. But yes, he didn't do anything this week per se to hold my little thing all together here. But he has in the past written about removing civil rights, diminishing voting rights, diminishing women's rights, diminishing reproductive rights, and diminishing LGBTQ rights. So he has a pretty good record that would hold him in good stead with this week's kind of events. Just to catch you up, yesterday, Nashville's governing council voted to send Justin Jones back. Today, the Shelby Council Commission will vote the other expelled lawmaker. So who is winning this asymmetrical war? Well, it looks like the tide is on the side of the bigger army, as we saw in Wisconsin and as we've seen in past elections. And we see it from Wisconsin to Tennessee. 
But it's hard to say who's winning when there are weeks like this. It is really hard to tell. We'll be right back with Listener Mail. So each week on The Middle Unplugged, we like to get some feedback from listeners. We do it in a more formal way on the radio show, obviously. We open it up for callers. That's at 2 o'clock on Saturdays from 2 to 3. And then we have it in the form of a podcast. You can get that in a separate feed, The Middle. But uh, here we try to dip into the mailbag. If you want to reach out to me, at Rep Wiener, R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R on Twitter. Uh, Wiener, W-A-B-C, at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. There's plenty of ways to get a hold of me. But one of the things we started doing a few weeks ago is we started responding to rhetorical questions that famous people would ask. Uh, we started with Donald Trump asking if LeBron James would change his sex and be on his team or something like that. I started, it's only a few weeks ago. I've already forgotten. I think it's two episodes ago. I've already forgotten what point he was trying to make. But uh, today we have a modified version of it. And our feedback comes from Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee. Our way inside. We ought to have an armed guard, an armed security guard in every school in so that's the short version. That's Governor Bill Lee, the new, you know, using the new explanation for um, how you stop mass shootings. That was after the Tennessee shooting in, at the religious school. Just two days ago, we had another shooting in Louisiana, uh, forgive me, in Kentucky. And that shooting took place in a bank with an armed guard, thick plexiglass separating people. I mean, we had a place that had guard. And I should point out there was an armed cop at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas during the mass shooting. There were armed cops at Santa Fe High School during the mass shooting. There's an armed cop at the Pulse nightclub during that shooting. We know how many cops were on the scene at Uvalde. And the Buffalo grocery store shooting, there was an armed guard. But he was one of 10 people murdered that day. And by the way, if you're trying to keep a list of how many places that you have to figure out a way to have an armed guard, a partial list of places there have been mass shootings in the last couple of years, grocery stores, soccer fields, parades, movie theaters, um, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, colleges, churches, supermarkets, nightclubs, Walmarts, malls, concerts, not leaving anything out, temples, parking lots, hospitals, parks, subway stores, McDonald's, FedEx, depots. I mean, it almost is a press play kind of situation here that Anything except what w is done in other countries. Everything except what was done in the Clinton years that worked in reducing mass shootings when AR-15s were, were for a brief time for a year or so were not in use. And I should point out that when the two Tennessee legislators that were thrown out of office, when they went to the floor, it was to try to get attention to the idea that the Tennessee legislature has refused to even bring up any any gun control legislation, even if they're going to vote it down, just to even bring it up. So they were trying to get recognized to do that. And one more thing about the Tennessee legislature, you can't even get bills out of committee because despite the fact that it says in the, in the Constitution of the state of Tennessee that you need to have roll call votes, they don't have them in committee. They just kill things there. But I'm getting off the subject here. I mean, what Bill Lee, the governor of Tennessee, says reflects this common thing. Well, if we can only do everything but try to keep those weapons out of the out of circulation, try to reduce the access to them. Anything but that is what they're willing to to consider. And our thoughts, our prayers, and our frustration uh, now go out to the people of another city of Louisville, Kentucky. That's our show for today. If you enjoy what you're hearing here on the Middle Unplugged, 
I would encourage you to share it any way that you can. Leave a rating or a ranking if you have an opportunity to in the podcast platform that you have. You can find this podcast really on any podcast platform where they're all aggregated. All the WABC podcast hosts are all aggregated at the Red Apple Podcast Network. I would encourage you to go visit there as well by sharing it. You let people know about it. It helps um, It helps us get the word out and helps this podcast going. I really do appreciate you joining us. And this marks the end of the middle Unplugged.